The Salumas podcast is a candid, often objective, and sometimes comedic approach to the human condition. We talk about anything and everything, and we keep it open, authentic, and interesting. They say that everyone loves sausage and bacon, but not everyone wants to see it get made, and that's what we're about. We take a topic and we put it through the grinder, and we try to explore as much about it as possible. We aren't afraid of things we don't understand. We aren't afraid of harsh truths, but most importantly, we are not afraid to be wrong and learn from it. Lately, we've been having our conversations over Skype, so if you have something that you're interested in talking with us about, just let us know. This is all about learning and growth, so we want to include as many people as possible and just educate others and ourselves. All right, guys, let's get to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Salumas Podcast. It's Monday, January 11th, but honestly, 1-11-2021 seems like 13-11-2020. Anyway, this episode is, as you might have guessed, a commentary of sorts on the events of last week when our nation's Capitol building was stormed by Trump supporters hell-bent on blocking the certification of the election results. What it felt like, from what it sounded like, and what it looked like, there was a coup. While it makes the most sense to talk about what happened, which means talking about a bunch of surface level issues, those who know us should expect that we dive much deeper, deeper into who we are as humans, if you will. And that really sometimes means going into the past. If you listen to our episode called The Greatest Lie Ever Told, you hear us talking about the Cronus Complex. If you're asking, Clue, what the hell is Cronus? You should be asking, who the hell is Cronus? Cronus is a figure in ancient Greek mythology who was the king of the titans and the god of time. As the story is told, Cronus was warned that he would be overthrown by one of his children. To prevent this, Cronus ate every one of his children that were born, except for one for whom he thought he ate, but that one survived. I'm sure you've heard of Zeus before, but this isn't about him. Anyway, the story for some is a metaphor of man's destructive desire to maintain dominance to the point of eating or destroying itself to have it. And that's what this episode centers around. There are groups of people in our society who are threatened by the changes occurring in that society, and what seems to be happening is a destruction based upon that fear. So Mark, Chris, and myself touch on this, along with other theories to try to make sense of what the hell happened. So without further ado, I present to you episode 871, Cronus at the Capitol. Two friends call and be like, well, text, and that led to calls. And they were like, yeah, man, this is that thing you're talking about, isn't it? I was like, I told you. They're talking <laughs> about, this, is, this is definitely the Cronus Complex, right? They're like, what's it called again, Cronus? I was like, yeah, told you. And I had two other friends, one of which I talked to in person, educated, college-educated folks, say in their own words the exact same thing. Because I'm posing this question. Now, I know. I know what's going on, or at least I have my own theories that I'm confident about. But I say, okay, how do you explain that kind of behavior um, when there's like nothing has changed in your life? You haven't lost that much, you know, except for maybe some sort of symbolic representation in this in this goofball. It's like, was that really really called for? What's the like the the re, the activity doesn't like kind of add up with the the uh, you know the, the the reasoning behind it. Well, there, there isn't 
exactly even a a specific tangible reason behind it to begin with like i think a lot of it was just chaos to be honest with you i mean i understand that you got a lot of rabid people that are hysterical and feel like uh like genuinely in their heads like they feel like uh Mm-hmm. The election got stolen. Like I genuinely believe that these motherfuckers right. believe that shit, but that's mm-hmm. still part of their um that for there's no other term for it, the Cronus complex, whereby it's like right. they assume this role, this social role as parent almost to a degree. And then as a parent, they also, you know, are a parent in the same sense that Cronus was a parent consuming his own children that, you know, you kind of, um, you, you feel like it's your job to knock them down. And if some stuff gets out of whack in your perception and you feel like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's up to me to do this. And I've been thinking about like, and -hmm. I know this is just a random thought, but I just go share it with y'all. But like, uh, that Kyle Rittenhauer kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Imagine, what if the black equivalent had no post, had posted up um outside of the capitol wow you know what and, and again that there's a lot of variables associated with that you know if if a black kid with an ar15 is outside of the capitol building i think any rational human being and even some of the irrational human beings are bright enough to deduce what would transpire but if you had a black kid that was like no I'm protecting I'm protecting our fucking nation's capital building and yeah. popped off a couple of these uh troglodytes. Yeah. What what would what would the narrative turn into then? Right. And and, and what's interesting about the subtlety of you just you looped in the Cronus Conquest, because I think we all knew that was gonna have to that was gonna be a big part of this conversation, but was uh yeah the, Mark the, Mark I don't want to I, I I hate to cut you out here here but okay. I think before we go on we need to fully explain what the Cronus complex was what the yeah. Cronus complex is okay okay uh let me see if I can get the I mean I can I I've got something if you're okay with me yeah get make, make sure it's Michael Bradley's because he he abandoned that for the very reason I was about to speak to uh, you know there's a there's a lot of mythology and definitions and psycho psycho psychopathology around Cronus. Mm-hmm. And he was stretching that to make an analogy about, about what Christian said, how this inexplicable impulse found in a small population of the most successful a group of Europeans it eats itself. That's the most important part mm-hmm. about why he uses that. He said he, he later on, he abandoned it because it kept getting challenged. But, you know, he was just stretching the metaphor and he just said, okay, I just call it Iceman Inheritance. But he originally called it Cronus Complex because of what Chris just said. It eats itself. That's the problem. Europe left to yes. its own. If it didn't spread out and conquer the world, they would have ate themselves. And like, how does my impulse to my un, my un, um, um, syst- um, Satisfiable, my insatiable, my insatiable impulse to protect myself because self-preservation is always justified. But I, I, my, I, I keep finding enemies in the environment where there isn't one, and so much that I end up destroying myself too. So go ahead, Kalu. If you've got Michael well, Bradley, I don't there. have Michael Bradley. Okay, here, but I was going to just talk about the story of Cronus because it, it is obviously dealing well, with. And and let me know, just say, I, I do, I do believe that Freud also, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. the concept around. 
regarding the Cronus complex and how it pertained to parenting and how it could even translate to interpersonal relationships, um, which a- again can be scaled up to a more macro level as well. But go yeah. ahead, Lou. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and read this, but you guys have essentially explained a good chunk there, but I am going to revert to sort of the mythology behind it. So bear with me here. Uh, Cronus eating his children is one of the most disturbing myths uh, from the ancient Greeks. A prophecy frightened the Titan Cronus by letting him know that one of his children would dethrone and destroy him. Wherefore, the ruler or this ruler ate all of his children as they were born. His wife, Rhea, when she was giving birth to Zeus, switched the child by a huge rock and Cronus swallowed it, believing uh, he was devouring his last child. Zeus became strong enough to defeat his father and made him vomit all of his children out of his stomach. As punishment, Kronos uh, was chained to the depths of the underworld. Says this dark and strong image of a parent cannibalizing his own children was symbolically adopted by us a lot of times, probably as a catharsis from our own private experiences and domestic conflicts. So, and it's it's obviously showing a that picture of Cronus like eating a you know a yeah. baby, well, and so. And- and you said the the fear, you know, being told, you mm-hmm. know, again, a message, a narrative, whatever that's being pushed agenda wise, a, a, a proxy told uh, Cronus that one of his offspring would usurp him from his yes. throne. So that translates very well when you talk about make America great again, that in and of itself, yes. that statement is a a concrete stamp on white supremacist like idealization mm-hmm. of the 19 fucking 50s um mm-hmm. you know we're all just having a good time zipping around on fucking boats and fuck brown people like that's really what it comes down to i don't give a fuck if somebody wants to twist it however they want to based upon whatever agenda they have that's really the stamp that gets put on it so when you talk about a proxy telling Cronus that one of his children would usurp him from his throne, it's comparable to a narrative being pushed to a yes. big swath of white America that's terrified of losing ground, losing Thank eminence, you. losing control. And and you know what? As somebody who is roughly 75% white, you know, a good portion of that is like, tomato europe so it's like kind of some questionable shit but as somebody that is mostly caucasian by genetics i guess you could say i 100 percent i i can say that i don't like and, and in lieu of this i I've, I've done a lot of of introspection whenever mark brought up the cronus complex because i do have it in me to go and you know uh you know, I, I have firearms, I have ammunition, I train, I go and uh, poke around in the woods. But the difference with my shit is that I am racially ambiguous enough that I have no dog in any fight. The notion of of anybody of my complexion losing ground is such an alien concept to me. It's something that would never even cross my fucking mind to begin with. However, I can 100% empathize and i don't mean empathize in the sense of like oh i agree with you but put myself in those shoes if you come from generation after generation of entitled caucasian or even subjugated caucasian where you feel like you are a um 
you're not mm-hmm. poor. You are just a, uh, a a displaced millionaire. It's something that there's something in your way that's preventing you from becoming a millionaire. But you feel like your upward mobility is 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 basically limitless. I have hey, Chris, heard- Chris, can you move your phone back to where it's can it's you hear me kinda, now? Yes, it's so much better right now. Go ahead. OK, but. um, Again, mm-hmm. I, I can very much put myself in the shoes of. And I can see it. I can see the fear for these people that, yeah. that the, the, the overreaching culture that they fought, they did. They fought and won, air quotes, to create is losing yeah. ground by yes. virtue of yes. more melanation, <clears throat> more blending, more cultural yes. blending but, and things uh, like that. And, and you know what? It, it's a it, it, there's pushback, even with the people that are like, don't align themselves with Nazi or or skinhead mm. or white supremacist or whatever yeah. ideologies. There's still that notion of I have to protect mines and mines happens to be white, whereas melanistic yeah. cultures. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm making a broad generalization because I have just my experience as Melungeon and then, you know, my my comrades in the black community that's the only frame of reference i have that thought does not cross our minds it's not like oh yeah uh, you know the 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 essays are taking over the asians is fucking taking over like that's yeah. not that's see that's not the, the that's the, the key to it right that's the key to it right there and uh, you man you you articulate so well and you have such a rare combination of intellect and intimate ties and understanding of that perspective because of your genetic makeup you know the way you self describe it that it's rare someone can feel it and explain it at the same time, you know what I mean? But not have it, have that Cronus complex or that impulse to the, perhaps the destructive degree. And I'll tell you, not just because I'm talking to you, but, but I'll tell you how people like you and people like you defer. You are always on some hilariously leave me alone in the woods shit. At the end of the day, a lot of the Hill people and pe- Germanic people that came over here, those people in Eastern Kentucky, that's where they differ. The people with the so-called Cronus compact have this interest in, Thing that eats itself. And that's how you know it's always there. When Americans talk about conservatisms or if we were just to pause and say 1950 and stay on that trajectory, what they don't what they don't get taken account is that that is already way, way protracted exploitation of the planet. You know, I mean, just to get to 1950, you had to kill millions of our people and subjugate them. You had to wipe out an entire race of people that were native to this you know, to this area, like it, it doesn't equal out, you know what I mean? For everyone on the planet to live at the level of luxury that human, that Americans lived in the 1980s, we would need five, five planet Earths to live at 1950s. I don't know what the formula is, but I know due to the wars and things we had, we, we got our economic boost through, through, uh, Violence, not through this beautiful free market capitalism idea that's cool on its own, but doesn't afford the opulent lifestyle that even the average American gets to uh, live here. And that's the part that they that they all that we seem to leave out in this conversation. Americans are not raised to be aware of that. Like, what are you trying to conserve? You know what I'm saying? And why you why do you fear it's even because it's actually an emergent state 
our our steady state is actually rapid consumption and exploitation of other parts of the world. And we've created we've created a game. The Western world has created a game that's predicated on that. And it's not sustainable. And it's only someone with the malady and their psychology that would project that or put that on the world. You get what I mean? You would use it. China, of course, they came to the conclusion of, of, of communism because it's self, it's it's circular. You know what I mean? It's like it it's self-solving. We sustainability. Sustainability. Yeah. Yeah. We because what if they just thought the other way? We'd all be fucked as many as them as it is. But they're like, look, you can't have three kids, especially if they, you know, are whatever the thing is. Is it girls or boys you can't have over there? Well, they they prefer oh, not to have girls because the girl, male yeah. carries the legacy and the name yeah, for the family, yeah, yeah. and it's caused a a population it's a problem. Yes, yeah. yeah. Japan, the same thing. Like they're not reproducing; the kids aren't having enough teen pregnancies and stuff in Japan because they got the whole shame thing. You know what I mean? So, but what I mean is just showing the fortunate or unfortunate protractions of a slightly different skewed psychology. Is my point. And ours is even left alone. If you give a guy like you tell someone what the perfect American dream situation is and you do the math on it, it's really kind of funny. Like it's me on 40 acres of land all by myself in a big old mansion, two four wheelers, two pickup. You know, what I mean, the whole thing is just not even balanced. But we think that's normal in America is, is what I'm saying. Like even so these people who are in that uh that category of at least I'm not a nigger, whoever, whatever that is. My friend that was over yesterday was explains to me, uh, white guy, by the way, grew up with and stuff, went to college with my good friend um, um, that wants to meet you guys one day soon. He was saying like, he knows that that's what it is because it's fear of those people, not the lowest uh, socioeconomic, but the other ones, the whole, that 40% that's kept in check, that keeps the lower percent in check. Those people who have, have always had, have that psychology of at least I'm not, the underclass are now being usurped by three different classes. Black people are just out talent and performing them. Immigrants are outperforming all of us. And Latin Americans are the new minorities that are doing better than all of us. So all of a sudden, three different threats to that station, you know what I mean, in the American hierarchy, if you will. I don't articulate it as well as Chris will, but you know what I'm talking about. Hopefully you've cleared up. So people listening don't think I'm sounding like a monster. Even those people can't like a state of of steadiness is not sustainable because they don't know, don't want to acknowledge, or at least have no awareness of what it actually takes globally for them to maintain that because you got it in an honorary kind of way. Even if you came in here on Ellis Island, it was given to you through the exploits of other people and we never reconciled it. We never bounced it out. So the shit's going to keep on boiling. You know what I mean? Yo, it, it, and honest to God, that really kind of segues into a point and it may seem asinine on the top end just a little bit but I feel like a whole lot of people watched and enjoyed the movie Gangs of New York yeah but uh, but like 90% of them missed the fucking point and if yeah. we were to go back and watch Gangs of New York and you look at and this isn't because you know there's that the Irish slavery myth where they're like it's yeah. this tit for tat thing to try and uh, somehow undermine uh, 500 years of fucking uh, slavery of of enslaved yeah. Africans in the United States. It's yeah. not that shit. It was immigrants, white immigrants, Caucasian as fuck, fair skinned, 
freckly redheaded sometimes motherfuckers coming over who were yeah. not they were not ascribed the same um station that in modernity yeah. is yeah. white it's yeah. white in modernity but back then it yeah, was they so far off. Yeah, yeah back then it was so fucking far removed that the there that the system the european system for like nativism versus immigrants and shit put irishmen yeah. Down low on the totem pole when it came to shit. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Italians obviously had to kind of carve out their own little station. But yeah. I, I would implore anybody that's listening to this podcast that maybe doesn't agree with a lot of the shit that Mark and I are saying, go back and watch the movie Gangs of New York and really mm-hmm. watch what is transpiring instead of seeing one of my favorite actors that's ever lived, Daniel Day Lewis. I I love his character. I think it's a fantastic fucking character. But oh yeah, he, he embodies the fucking Cronus complex. He yeah. embodies that shit. That's true. That's true. And and it's it can be it can be exploited, activated, or it can be sort of set up in a way to where so up uh, subscribing to that impulse and way way of living is like beneficial to you. And I think that's what happened to a lot of so-called quote unquote white people, because Irish people, in my understanding of the uh, what you call it, anthropology and perspectives of the authors I read, they're white people, but do not exhibit the Cronus complex. They fight amongst themselves. They have their conquering days in the in the past, maybe, but they never, ever like took the show on the road. Uh, Italian people are not white. They're they're light in skin color, but they're not white people. They got just as much North African genetics as anyone else in that region. But they they are their own. They're different enough that they are their own. Those Mediterranean people are their own thing. You know what I mean? There's lots of groups that don't exhibit that. But when America started reconstruction, they realized, okay, we can't carry on with this out and out slavery anymore, but our working and talented and skilled class are black people and they will have a strong second place, like an 80% place in the growth of America. If we keep things fair, well, we can't have that. Then they opened up Ellis Island. I don't get the numbers and the dates right, but I know that's the zeitgeist. That's how it happened. It was like, okay, we got all these skilled people. What are we going to do? Well, we set those people free and those people start to get on their feet really quick. Like Tulsa was not the only place. Those little those towns like Black Washington were all over the place. And and I'll bring in another little tangent while I, while I carry on that. The, the point I'm making is that most people are not like this, but you've got this like the Germans are a good example. I work with people like this every day. I talk to it about you got those land grants in the 1880s or whatever. I think Tom Cruise got a movie about it where they literally given land. No, you didn't enslave anyone directly. No, you're not guilty. No, you don't. Oh, yeah. But it had Nicole Kidman is, in it, too, didn't it? Yes, it did. But your yeah. wealth is predicated on the exploitation of people. And that was never balanced out. And why that is a problem is the same pro- same reason it's a problem when people have pet chimpanzees. And they tell you people don't know how to deal with those kind of primates and the hierarchies of fairness and things that are innate in them. You know, you hear those stories of the lady that that uh, came came home and it was one of the three champies, champies, um, chimpanzees birthday. So she gave it a cupcake and then the other two ripped her fucking head off. 
but not the lady that changed her hairdo and got killed. But my point is there's something deeply innate and visceral about the fairness of humanity and racism undermines that. And that's why it like the, the reaction to it is so uh, fierce. And people who don't know what the unfairness is can't understand that, right? So when we see people carrying on like they were at Capitol Hill the other day, now people like me, like, I know exactly what's going on. This That's the normal state. That unfairness, the way they got away with all that, they killed five people, and they ain't in really no rush to do nothing about it. A couple of people have been arrested, but they sure didn't react like they did to goddamn Mike Brown or any one black person throwing a rock. You saw, you know, but like the, the reaction hasn't been because these people have a privilege because it's their their culture and their land and they conquered it and they set up the systems and they don't want it to stay a certain way. And we got to have a, a conversation about that. So yeah. speaking of that, Wilmington Massacre, 1898, just for all the fucktards out there to think this is the first time this shit happens all the time in America. Look up Wilmington insurrection of 1898. Same exact thing. Yeah. Some people. Hey, call- Chris, you're, you're muted just uh, in case you were talking. I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead. Yes. So peop- some people were saying, all right, here we go again. We're going to have to go ahead and get progressive. You know, um, they called them fusionists back then. It's kind of a generic thing. They would be like the Tea Party today. Just anytime people from uh, politically disparate backgrounds come together for for a common reason, you know, when normally they wouldn't be on the same pol- side of the political aisle, but there's something so ridiculous we need to overcome. So we temporarily make a, you know, coming together. They, they called them fusionists back in the day. And um, a group of people were like on the slavery tip and all that, like, all right, we can't carry on this no way. So they're going to install a progressive mayor or something like that. I forget the details, but um, it ended up turning into uh, a couple thousand of white supremacists and some of the uh, pre uh, pre KKK people going down to uh, Wilmington, North Carolina for a coup d'etat, like a legit insurrection. And they killed a lot of black people and they threw they did exactly what those Americans were trying to do the other day. But we got lazy Internet sitting retards. But these people back then, you know, everybody knew how to move with a rifle and shit. They knew what they were doing and they were hiding. All of them were hiding in the trees. And as they, when they started the commotion, as black people were running out of the town, like, oh, shit, something's going on. They started shooting them from the trees, like picking them off. With, so they got a lot of people killed. No one knew what was going on. You get shot in the top of the head. You know what I mean? You can't scream and alert to someone else. Hey, they're in the trees. It was very, very effective. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it was it was it was during it was post reconstruction in North Carolina and reconstruction was trying to solve that problem of imbalance. White people had the wealth unfairly. The other people that were here through whatever means had to get on their feet. But if black people were left alone, they would be steps ahead of everyone else because we had the skills and the know how that was a that was the backfire of making them do all the work. You know what I mean? And and that's something else that uh uh. Uh, that I wish that the average American who falls into that, at least I'm not black category, who falls into that. We got to come up with a name for that. But that that people that are feeling like they're losing America. I wish they could be educated on how you're doing this to yourself, because our culture yeah. doesn't, doesn't include anything that self checks or balances. Your flat screen TV is doing this to yourself. 
Motherfuckers yeah. don't leave paradise to come to stinking ass America. If you live in a, the Yucatan Peninsula, somewhere in Central America, those are those places are beautiful. They're just unstable because ever since we took the Panama Canal, those agrarian third world countries were out of balance. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be a cocaine drug lord running the whole damn El Salvador or something like that. It's because our exploits left those people in imbalance and we weren't moral and mature enough to install proper governments or do things fairly or pay them for the usage of the canal. They should be wealthy for that. They should get they should get taxes or tariffs or whatever for us sending all our goods through there because it makes our economy work. The trains weren't enough. Trains aren't, we can't build enough railroads for the amount of consumption we have. We needed the Panama Canal. So we didn't pay them for it. So now eventually those banana republics start having desperate people migrating north. And now they're doing what? Stuff that we still don't want to do, picking oranges and strawberries for us. So I just had a salad a while ago full of fresh fruit that do, does not get harvested at this time of year, ex- except for a Mexican. You see what I'm saying? Out in California, sure. for me. we do it to ourselves and we're not we're not like educated to be. But hey, why, why, why expect that? We're only a couple hundred years old. Maybe this is what growing up looks like. You know, I wonder what is it going to take to get people to get to that point? You know, the entire time that a lot of the stuff was going on uh, last week, I was just sitting here thinking that this is no different from the discussion that we had about America post Civil War. We have a group and when we were saying, like, why do these people think that it's that they have to go and fly their their rebel flags and shit like that everywhere? And it seems like it's the very same thing. It's just it's rooted in fear and it's fear of becoming um, invisible again. And that's that that was the thing that that always that made Trump's uh, what's it called made Trump's campaign so effective is that it was absolute bullshit, but it made those people feel like they were recognized. And I think that they believe now that there is because of this massive, if you want to call it blue wave that that's occurring, they probably feel like they're going to be invisible again. That's why, that's why it seems like there's all this fear. And so for them, it seems like their next course of action is to go and, to just either believe that the whole thing was they're in so much denial that they're telling themselves that the the entire election is fake or that it was rigged and all this other shit. And then they're taking a step further to go and riot and destroy and all this other shit. And it, it just seems like a bunch of scared people. That's all it is. I said it before the impulse is there first. It it sounds ridiculous because it is ridiculous. They know uh, the election wasn't stolen wasn't enough, but the election being stolen is the sort of the dog Manchurian candidate dog whistle for, for, activating that that impulse to you know protect yourself and the the people brought over here although we've all done well for ourselves as descendants of uh the first americans not native americans the first you know american americans like these weren't the the best people from the respective cultures either you know what i mean these are simple people that's what they said bring us your tired your poor your you know, yearning masses or whatever that little statement was. It wasn't the intellectuals. It wasn't the elite of those of yeah. those communities that came over anyway. So they're very, very primed for manipulation. And no matter which level of people, kangs or queens or whatever of our people that were brought over here, they certainly were conditioned to turn into something else. And we are something else now. And we are we know what's going on. And it's funny how it undoes itself. You know what I mean? You just got to imagine the the uh, stereotypical antebellum Mark Twain tweet seat 
sipping lemonade and tea on the porch kind of plantation guy watching a field of 100. How, how fucking impressive is that? A population of less than 10% on the planet controls the whole planet. Everybody on the planet is melanated. They look like us three guys, somewhere between dark brown and light brown. Everybody on the planet looks that way. But the one people who are the minority run the whole thing. And it's impressive. But it's also and they're also the youngest group of people. They're also the youngest, genetically the youngest. That's right. And uh, um, have unprecedented, unmatched contributions, uh, remarkable contributions to the planet, but also unprecedented, unmatched, almost you know, remarkable, destructive systems put in place on the planet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you think about China and Japan, where now we're worried about our dependence on them. We did that to them. The whole war was about them opening up to trade. Japan said, yo, we'll keep our samurai swords and our bows and arrows and we will chill. Y'all leave us alone for a hundred years. And America went over there, got their asses kicked out, came back less than a hundred years later with metal ships and guns had advanced in that short period of time and forced Japan to open up. So Japan fought, kept their identity, thankfully kept, kept their solidarity, lost the war and was forced to trade with the world, but went to work, put their head down and went to work. Now, if they, if they, if they pulled a fucking, Let's not fuck with America thing. We'd all collapse. We, the whole thing would collapse. We depend on Japan and China for manufacturing and for goods and stuff so much. Man, psh, mm-hmm. we, we could never make it. We did it to ourselves. You know what I mean? So that's the part I'm most interested in, that subtle like um, malady in the psychology of people that are proud of a system that they're not fully reconciled, that they're not fully owning up to how this system works. You know, of course yeah. it's, it's, it's the, the system's destroying them. Yeah. It's, it's destroying, destroying them. <laughs> yeah. You can't even compete and they know it. And the friend that I had over the uh, other day, uh, he, uh, he wants you to show him some workout plans and shit. Kalu. But, um, he, um, uh, it's my homie. I just didn't want to say his name. I don't know if you want his name said, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, 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 mm, but, but we, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My buddy from college and stuff, he, he, and his boys came over and we hung out yesterday, had a great time, but I had to ask him, I was like, man, what do you think? He said exactly that, you know, it's fear and they know that they can't compete. They know that the people are better than them at the game that my that uh that America has set up the western conquest is set up isn't that interesting it, it, and you want to know what you know what was interesting is that when when they and I'm doing my air quotes when they won i i really paid attention to what they did when they won in 2016 not a goddamn thing except for drive around with flags everywhere and put hats on and like yep. it, it was it nothing happened <clears throat> mm-hmm. like it's it and any any like they would. I don't. I wonder if if another Republican would have won, how they would have treated this. I don't think it would have been the same. I'm I'm saying that all this, all that Trump did for these people is just let them feel seen. And when they get seen, yeah. when they get that thing, they don't know how to act. That's just yeah, like man. that's just like black people. Whenever when Obama won the presidency, yeah. we wilded the fuck out. Yeah. Well, what did we do? Not a goddamn thing. We didn't and do so anything. We didn't do anything. And so it's just like, this is no different than what's than than what's happening, you know, and and stuff got done on both. You know, Trump did his his president. They got stuff done. Obama, they got stuff done on there. But like the people who who had the loudest voices, mm-hmm. it seemed like they didn't they had the <laughs> smallest impact. It, and, and the same the same feeling was felt across the board. They finally felt noticed. But the next step wasn't taken. 
And that's what I believe that they're scared of. And I think that is what a lot of black people were scared of whenever um, whenever Trump won. And that is what a lot of these these white people are scared of this time. What I do think that has changed, though, is that America has it, it, it has it was forced to evolve. You know, it was forced to. Uh, if, if there's one thing that Trump did for this country is that he opened everyone's eyes and said, oh, we mm-hmm. we are fucked up. Like mm-hmm. I, I am relishing in this change that is happening and this chaos that is happening because it is it's something that was supposed to happen a long ass time ago. The American culture is so, so, so young, but it's so, so, so advanced. So yeah. I see I see us having a lot of changes in a lot shorter span than other countries would have had them. Do you know what I'm yes. saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. And, and, and let me just say, I am not anti-storming the Capitol. Like, in theory, I'm Thank not. You. We should however, have stormed that shit over and over and over. Bruh. But however, when you have an unprecedented situation where individuals, like you said, took on garb associated with an in a a charismatic figure all through school, any political science class that I had that talked about fucking fascism, it always was linked to a charismatic fucking figure. And there's, you know, George Carlin talks about uh, this kind of, but he talks about motherfuckers showing up in smiley shirts, but the red caps, the cult of fucking personality that was associated with this was completely unprecedented in American politics all across the goddamn board. So what I have a problem with is when a bunch of a bunch of people align themselves with one man, with one individual and believe one individual and the things that are coming out of his mouth. Let's not even touch on the fact that this motherfucker has no background to justify him being an authority on hardly anything other than what it's like to be born rich and stay rich. That's it. And shit on people. And, and we know good and goddamn well, it's motherfuckers in the same breath will say that this is the land of opportunity. If you work hard, then you get rewarded for it. They'll say that in the same breath as it's kill or be killed out here. You know, that kind of shit. It, it's it's a predatory fucking environment and it doesn't have to be. And it's it, that predatory element is just it's imbued in our culture by certain individuals. And then you have this like, what is it? Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon where, you know, somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, blah, 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 who actually is a horrible racist motherfucker. Right. But the dude that, you know isn't racist at all. And like, well, within reason Mm. for the sake of this discussion, because everybody, all the three of us on this podcast have racist viewpoints. And if anybody says that they don't have racist viewpoints, then they're probably more racist than we motherfucking are. But that's that separation is what skirts accountability when it comes to society, because you know, a guy, and he's not a bad guy, and he he doesn't do anything that's overtly racist. But then he knows a guy that's just slightly a little bit, and then that that guy hangs out with a crowd that's a little bit more, and then that crowd knows some guys that are a little bit more. And there's yeah. compl- there's 
complicity there. There really is fucking complicity, and it's a difficult line to toe for me because I be goddamn, I'm sorry, and I probably piss off what amounts to, and I'm going to be real, white women, y'all have completely commandeered the woke movement. It's upsetting black folks, from my understanding, from communicating with black women. They're tired. And y'all have worn them out by y'all white women commandeering the fucking woke movement and and setting yeah. the pace and all of this shit. I don't However, know how I feel about it, but they definitely have commandeered it. Oh yeah, they've they've took the reins on being offended. Yeah. They have they have cornered the fucking market on being offended for every other demographic that fucking exists. And and the subjugated in general are like, yo, like I appreciate the fucking gesture, but I'm over here dying. I don't really need you standing up for me when it comes to parsing through the finer points of fucking language. So it's a difficult line for us to toe as a society where I don't believe in this hyper-regulation of thought and speech and a purity test when it comes to individuals, but at the same time, complicity with toxic behavior and true racism and pervasive fucking uh, toxic individuals in society that shit is this this trickle down this i know a guy he ain't that bad he knows a guy and he man i mean mm-hmm. he's a little weird but he ain't that bad for real like and then he knows a guy and he's pretty bad but he's all right dude and and i know that like and i come from appalachian culture and i always moving forward as america moves forward i want to draw as big of a distinction between the south and Appalachia is fucking possible. Appalachia gets Appalachian Americans oftentimes get lumped in with the South, like with this, like this cousin fucking like this racist cousin fucking shit. But honestly, like Mark touched on a lot of Appalachian folks were individuals that came that had no desire to conquer. They just wanted their, they just wanted to live wild in their little environment and be left to fuck alone. And they stopped along the way. They didn't keep going and keep conquering and keep consuming. They developed small little communities with mechanical solidarity. They learned how Mm -hmm. to be sustainable, self-sufficient. And to this day, there are remnants of that. But it's treated like a third. In Kentucky, where I'm from, yeah, it's always been. Sorry, I want you to continue. That's always been like what we thought of when we said hillbilly was always those those fair, independent people that are serious about living off the grid because they can sustain themselves and, you know, are, are come and are descendants of people who come from very rough environments in, in, um, in European, but sans the, the political fluctuations of, of their, uh, of their environments, they found it very, very stable and happy here in America. Like they didn't, they didn't want to integrate into an advanced society. They just wanted one where when they went in town to get some milk, there wasn't a war that they didn't know that happened. But you know what, but you know what happened to us? You know what happened? And and again, you know, good and well, there's a couple, the the deeper I dig, there are a couple of different, um, you know, we, there's a group Melungeon and the term rail. And then there's also another word that's similar to rail that is referred to as people of uncertain ancestry in Appalachia. Um, Melungeon was the more pejorative term, but we've reclaimed that shit and we use that proudly because Melungeon used to be the thing that like white people would tell their kids, like if you don't go oh, sleep, the, 
the Melungeons will come and get you. Yeah, because if you re- it, it, well, if you read literature about Melungeons, it talks real bad about us. And it also uh, it talks about it compares Melungeons to the Negro. It'll be like Melungeons are uh, uh, lazy, like naturally lazy, like the Negro, but they are uh, they're much more devious and shysty and shit like mm-hmm. that. Like there is. If you look up old school, uh, I guess what would amount to anthropological study of Melungeons, man, they talk real fucking foul about this. I, I heard one time, I heard a lot of times something that 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 Lincoln may have been a descendant of, yeah, of that group Lin- of people. Have you ever heard that before? Uh, yeah, Link- Lincoln was Melungeon. That's my understanding is that Lincoln was Yeah, I, I've heard it cuz that's the first like the first time that's how I came to know that world uh, that well, word. When, you I was, know, when I was a kid, my older brother names would would talk about Lincoln in that respect. I didn't really know what it meant. I just kind of knew it was mixed racial background. That's kind of all I could understand at that time. And but. he and he had Marfan syndrome which made him look a little bit different than he other wise would have looked but he had that real olive complexion yeah it was yeah. very physical like he was made up different than the other people that he was surrounded with like for a president of the united states i would put lincoln as whooping any other president of the united states ass like he was known for being just strong wiry bad motherfucker but you know i've gone down this rabbit hole whereby again appalachia america we were a society that, you know, we had long hunters, which were, you know, Europeans that came from goddamn Portugal and France and all kinds of places and would go and hunt out in the bush for three months at a time, get pelts and then come back. Well, a lot of times they, you know, found unconventional brides like they would and and through nefarious means, sometimes they would get sold a indigenous woman as a bride or get sold a beautiful mulatto woman as a bride. And then they would come back over, you know, settle in Appalachia. And, you know, there's a lot of different racial components that go into Appalachia, but Appalachian Americans are some of the most genetically diverse human beings when it comes to um, genes linked Mm -hmm. to other uh, places in the world. I will say that the gene pool can be relatively limited, hence the like uh, the the stigma with like inbreeding and uh, the blue people and all that kind of shit. Yeah, sometimes when you're in isolated environments, the gene pool is limited. But when you look at the genes in terms of like, yo, this shit came from the Mediterranean. This came from West Africa. This came from um, Western Europe. Uh, Appalachian Americans, people that perceive themselves as, well, I'm white, I guess. A lot of times they'll say, well, I'm part Cherokee. Bullshit, motherfucker. You, you've got a, a black great-grandmother or a, a three black great-great-grandmothers some motherfucking word. That's how it is in Appalachia. But I say that yeah, because yeah. Appalachia versus the South and they get blended together. And I will not ever, as a a proud son of Kentucky. I will not consider Kentucky part of the South. Kentucky, even West Virginia, Virginia, like for for all of our woes, we are a different creature. I think, I think but us making the di- distinction, man, I do. Oh, oh, and 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 one of the other key elements that I have to touch on is that difference culturally and physically, biologically. 
um, the bids to denigrate us historically, there weren't bids to denigrate Southern poor whites like there were Appalachians. And you know what else happened? The coal industry, the motherfucking coal industry came into Appalachia and treated Appalachia like a third world country. And so all of this mechanical solidarity and self-sufficiency and what amounts to to, uh, small scale communism that was occurring in Appalachia was usurped. You had men then enslaved and their bodies commodified in terms of going into these coal mines. And then they could only spend money at the, the store that was put yeah. in place by the coal company. That yeah. didn't happen in the South. There was nothing. And, and again, it, to be fair, there wasn't coal down in Alabama to the same degree that he is in the hills, but yeah. that they were very much deliberately subjugated and manipulated and treated like just any other third world country, the way that we treat third world countries to this motherfucking day. And, any of those people that align themselves with and and to tell you the truth, they don't make up the majority. A lot a lot of Appalachian Americans like to bow yeah. out. They don't yeah. want to participate in it. I know. It it, it it makes me wonder to that to that extent that like what benef- how beneficial would it be for everyone to know that sort of history, that distinction, because I always find that necessary because people go into defense mode so quickly and the the wool that's been pulled over their eyes since the Ellis Island decades, you know, where they were all declared white. One, one effect that it has had is that people don't know to what degree they need to they feel culpable or what, what they need to do. You know what I mean? It's a trick. It's like, we all, we can be proud, moral Americans, but we're going to have to do some reconciliation or we can stay in denial of it. But what, what, what your identity might not shield you from culpability. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. If you, if you're a descendant of the people who got land grants in Ellis Island, if you're one of the uh, hundreds of thousands of Germans in middle America that own that land that should be native American land, what do you owe? If you don't owe anything, then you're going to have to accept that eventually you're going to ha- start having Mexican neighbors. So how do you correct it? You know what I mean? Do, yeah. do you still have the right to that say that America should be uh, racially, not the worst, uh, I lost the word. I, I, I wanted to say homogeneous, but I don't know if that's the right word, but that the genet, that the makeup, racial makeup of America should stay at a particular balance. Do you think that that's fair? Yeah. If so, I think how- that's probably what they think. Yeah. And so how do you sustain that? And if the balance that uh, that where what is the right balance, wherever you wind the clock clock back to that, whatever that date is, that date is sustained by unreconciled levels of exploitation. And, And so you still can't get out of it. You know what I mean? So let's try and connect this, though, even even more so. I see the connection here, but for other people, let's try and connect it even more so to what happened Yesterday, I know that to be able to understand what happened uh, last week, we need to go to this level. But let's see if we can sort of rapidly bring it up to this point for the sake of this episode. Okay, Um, I'll try to I'll try to be as as succinct as possible. Sure. um, uh, The the when America met its golden years, I say the 1950s, whatever that economic and socioeconomic uh, balance was. It was never balanced. It was always imbalanced. It was wars, exploitation, and genocide that made it possible. That's it. 
And because I always think of a quadratic equation, I don't know why, but it's really fun to do. I mean, I'm not good at math, but I remember doing that in math class and I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it was fa- I was fascinated how if you could change the input variable to the quadratic equation, you get these wildly different results. But America's kind of like that. It's an equation and we don't look at one half of the equal sign. <laughs> we just we just know that the direction we're going in is one that has uh been the best social political experiment in recent human history. No one would argue that, but we don't have, we do not have built built in our culture uh, mechanisms for balancing out the way we came to be such an opulent nation. And there's a fact, spiritual, psychological, whatever have you want to put it, that, that those things have to be put into balance or you can't sustain, you know, along along our nation can't grow and what is happening is the greed and the the psychology the culture of america uh creates side effects that ripple across the whole planet and those those uh you reap what you sow you know those seeds have started to come back very quickly because we uh ascended to this point of opulence very quickly we didn't take our time and that's really interesting. You, you had said something like when you were talking about greed, it's it's very um, it's very American to believe that everything or it seems like it's very American to believe that everything we touch is ours. Right. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that. And, I, and I, I'm saying that to make the connection of the this the uh, the secondary effect of what happened uh, the other day was when you started to see. A lot of stuff, a lot of social media giants and tech giants take take action as far as what was going on. You know, Mm -hmm. there's you know, a lot of people would go on there and they think like, you know, just to jump on the whole. They think that their their rights are being violated. They think that their free speech is being violated and all this other stuff. And it's like, what happened? A, well, I know one thing. People don't fucking read EULAs. That's end user license agreement. So obviously Mm -hmm. no one reads that. Ooh, I got a good point about that. Other people Mm -hmm. don't, they they somehow think that because I am on this internet, this internet is mine. And everything that I say is 1000% protected because it is my internet. You know, you don't know how many times I've tried to tell people that like, Mm -hmm. you know, Twitter and Facebook are private companies like they are yeah you know they just have to be publicly Man. traded and they're owned by people Dude. therefore those people can do whatever the Dude. hell they want including you know yeah. like block your information in the same way that you do on your wall if someone says mm-hmm. some off the wall shit you remove it if you don't like it enough unless you're mm-hmm. i mean I, I keep stuff but either way you can remove that stuff and you know it's it's people i don't know what happened where people thought that you know, First Amendment things applies to, you yeah. know, to, to small businesses. You know what I'm saying? See, like, dude, but I, if I it was a, about a, this. A, a gay cake, though, if it was a cake for a gay wedding, they would be fucking chomping it to bit to be like, well, it's yeah. private enterprises. Uh, exactly. Uh, exactly. Especially when it when it's in the when it's in the uh, case of of protract of abstracted violence. They always get really yeah. in my rights. It's really interesting how they get. That's such a cogent point. You just made Kalua. I'm sorry. I want to go really, really quick. Cause yeah, yeah, it's something yeah. I was talking about uh, Friday at work with my team and I got, try- I'm trying not to get so political with them, but sometimes I just can't hold it in. But example of that was this recent thing with the graphics cards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then bar. Oh, the prices. Yeah. 
Yeah, they were good. Well, no, they were getting mad at like Linus Tech Tips and all those guys were getting mad at NVIDIA. And I was glad to see those oh, I uh, remember streamers. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stand up um, for each other. But I was also like baffled. There's so many things to get to take out of this. I got to go slow. I was baffled that they have the expectation. NVIDIA does not owe you streamers who are making your living off of a platform that you didn't create, YouTube. People get on YouTube and expect that they're, oh, man, I can't make my living because YouTube changed its uh, monetary uh, formula, whatever. Okay, the party's over. Like, why do you think you're owed that? The entitlement is unreal. And more and more than that, why do guys like you and me not ever expect that? What experience do we have growing up where we always are expecting someone to do us wrong or, or take advantage of us or try to be, you know, gritty and not be fair? I don't expect anything. But at the same time, black people have in a lot of ways, a broken psychology of the same sort because we were we were done so wrong morally. We keep on expecting America to all of a sudden turn around and be moral and get do do right by us. All of it is interesting to me how people's minds get to that space. And like um, that that YouTuber thing, I just wrote it down. And Tim Pool are a perfect example of that. He was grilling the Twitter guy on Joe Rogan. I thought it was the most bizarre thing. Because they weren't actually talking about fairness. They were talking about representation of the shit they're like. Twitter would take down some Rush Limbaugh type and they would get <coughs> they would get all mad about it like Twitter's being unfair. And I'm like you, who, how did you come to the conclusion that Twitter has to be fair by you? And and exactly. but they don't say the same thing about Instagram taking down all the Louis Frecon stuff. He's mm-hmm. he's banned off those platforms too. And he says stuff that I like to hear. Well, how are you not mature enough to know what's going on there? Of course, there's no room for that sort of sensibility appeasement in commercial uh, uh, endeavors. It's all about making money. If you ain't making us no money, we're taking it away. Like yes. it's simple. It ain't no. It ain't no bigger than that. Why can't exactly. we be mature? Be mature about it. Like this is the same. It's not even money at this point. Like yeah. you, you look at, think of it as like think of it as in the classroom. Your teacher told you not to yell. Your teacher told tells you to shut the hell up, to do as you're told. All this other stuff. If you don't do it, you get sent out. You know, yeah. you it, this this same thing. Like restaurants, all these things. They have unspoken codes of conduct. They have even written yes. codes of conduct. How you should yes. dress, all this other stuff, how you can express yourself. If you can't abide by that, you go away. Not for any, not because you're black. It's because it's yeah. bad for business. It's what keeps yeah. the ship running. So and now when don't have that built into our culture. Yeah. And so now it. the other people Man. like parlor, you know, when, cause I've been, I've been joking and telling people, Oh yeah, you should try going to parlor knowing that their platform is built on AWS, who is just as liberal as Facebook and just as liberal as Twitter and all this. And they're like, well, now we're not fucking with Parler. And they were moving them off of there. So it's well, like, and, it's, and a, it's hilarious. Like it, it it's basically, hilarious. it gave them a platform to show their hand. It exactly. gave them a platform for all these fucking idiots to spout off nonsense and, and set alarms off. Like they felt... If anything, mm-hmm. if somebody wants to be conspiratorial, Parler was very much set up as a trap for all these fucking right wing extremists. Because their mm-hmm. employers are watching. All mm-hmm. these other people are watching. And it is when they see that your thoughts are out there, it is bad for business. And they remove you from your job or you're seeing this platform getting removed. But 
people just don't understand that like your information, the shit you put out there online, that does not belong to you. And you would know that if you took the time to read the agreements, but you just click, you think that this internet is all yours. You think that everything you touch is fucking yours. And now you're learning that it's not so. And I can tell you exactly when it it can't be selfish. Whenever you're employing a faculty that transcends humanity, you guys know that little analogy or metaphor or whatever I have of the scale of like, at the, the point when we become human, you know, when yes, the levels we of do, humanity, mm-hmm. levels of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you do something that's special, that's when you can't be selfish with it. And I think there's something spiritual about that. Like speech. The reason it can't, the reason it's not yours is because it ain't grunts and moans. You know what I mean? It ain't, you're not an ape. It is this yeah. unique capacity that human beings have that can be very powerful, very uplifting, very destructive. No other creatures on the planet can do that to the extent yeah. that we can. Uh, birds can sing. They can sing distress songs. They can sing uh, songs about mating or whatever, but they can't do what we can do with speech uh-huh. and song. So when you go and you put speech out in the world selfishly and you don't, you don't understand when you get repercussions that are like more than just yourself, you get you get karma. Like that's the reason why, because you have yeah. to also be mature and responsible yeah. with that well, faculty. Can you imagine well, had- if Hitler had Twitter? Like, can you imagine if the shit he was doing back then was also happening on a platform like Twitter? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I can't like, imagine it. He was, but, going, there like, would be parallels. There would, it would be, be undeniable would be, fucking parallels. Exactly. And so that's why I sit there and these people are up in arms about, about Trump getting his, his account suspended like this, the shit he was saying was inciting this, not like go and kill Jews, but like, like to go and, and destroy, like, mm-hmm. that's how much power that person to no has. End. To like no has, end. Dude, that With is no the plan. most powerful person. Like his, his Twitter account is more powerful than his position as president. I'll yeah, say yeah. that shit, dude. Yeah, oh, it, it, it's completely, it's clipped his wings. Dude. It, it clipped his wings completely whenever he was banned from all those platforms. Yeah, because now it forced him to just be a politician. If, if that shit would have happened a lot sooner, it would have forced him to just be a politician. Do you know what but, I'm saying? But, you know, yeah. like it, there's a there, this is a simple concept. And the three of us are pretty fucking familiar with video games and playing online video games. I don't understand why you can't. It, you're not up in arms about the fact that and and we've all been in in uh matches with people little like 13 year old white kids saying nigga and all kinds of shit yeah, like yeah. that constantly uh-huh. Uh-huh. the concept of that which is pretty widespread it's joked about in memes about how uh, it's it's a terribly racist thing but you get banned from there you can get suspended from there that's been going on since the infancy of of online gaming it's been going on forever and you haven't seen from the gaming community this up in arms like oh well and to to be fair yeah there's a lot of these these kids and shit on there that are saying a lot of this shit but there's grown-ass men that are on there saying this shit too but you don't see the same outrage like well yeah i've got the right to say whatever i want to on playstation network i've got i've got the right to say whatever the fuck i want to on xbox live like why are you going to single out these specific private platforms? Mm-hmm. Because it, it because it affects you. If you feel like it, it affects you personally because your demagogue, your demagogue that you yeah. decided that you're going to align yourself with, which to me, I don't give a fuck what your political beliefs are. I, honest to God, like 
if you agree with every modicum of Trump's fucking policy, like whatever. But following one man almost to a dogmatic fucking standpoint Dude, that's bitch is shit, weak. Man. It's that is bitch, bitch shit. shit. It is, it's a brittle fucking weak ass whole human being that does it. And I don't care yeah. what degree of violence you're capable of inflicting on other people. That's even greater fucking weakness. That's your response to it. Yeah. Violence. Yeah, exactly. That's um, it's the it's the Kronos complex. If I've ever seen it, man, or at least aspects of it, that pathological like selfishness. And, like and there's pathological a, selfishness. And, See everything and, only from the perspective of your survival and your, you know, self-preservation or something. In these these false equivalencies, these fucking false equivalencies, where they try to draw parallels between the riots and largely peaceful protests, widespread mm-hmm. peaceful protests that haven't just been going on in the United States. Black Lives Matter is a global fucking movement and it's overwhelmingly fucking peaceful. And I'm yeah. I'm familiar with a lot of organizers, people that have been out in the streets and they can't tell me how many times they've been threatened. Some mm-hmm. individual, some Trump supporter with a fucking firearm for trying to occupy a roadway. And Trump supporters mm-hmm. are joking and sharing fucking memes about uh black lives matter being uh speed bumps and that they're just going to run over fucking protesters and these people are occupying roadways and again are largely peaceful this shit has been going on for months and months and months and if you quantify the amount of death and destruction and you look at the destruction and the goal if it's anti-capitalist system, you know, if you're if you're looting and burning a target again, yeah. I really don't give a fuck because honestly, target is super fucking complicit with the whole our, our predatory social system. They just fucking are. Walmart, yeah. And no one of the major things. Are. Yeah. If you draw out why someone can cannot care about a target, it's so simple and so complex at the same time. Guess what? They don't feel a part of it. If that was if if we had checks and balances in our fucking capitalist system, so super Walmarts and Targets didn't exist, and that was a super sophisticated, just in time, fresh food, whole food, mom and pop place that was unique to that community, like the other hundreds of thousands of unique ones, because that's what it would be. One Walmart would equal a couple hundred dope local grocers. You still get the same services. The prices would still balance out. If it was that, bet you they wouldn't burn it down. No, and and you know what? Largely, and I don't care what. You know, whatever narrative motherfuckers want to present, like, yeah, people work their entire lives for this shit. I know for a fact, like Louisville, for example, largely Black Lives Matter protesters, even motherfuckers that was wiling out, breaking, uh, looting shit, carrying on. There was a implicit agreement to largely leave these small privately owned businesses alone. And there were people, you know, they were sitting there posted up in their businesses. A lot of them were black owned too. That hell, you remember the 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 fellow that got shot? That uh, yeah. Um, I guess he was probably about fifty years old. Uh, was well known in the community. He would always grill out and carry on. Yeah. I think he owned a barbecue place over there or yeah, something. And, and, and he ended up getting capped by law enforcement or national guard or something. But yeah, overwhelmingly, if you look at how this shit has been spread out and what the goal is that there's a clear goal in mind. And we're saying, yes, 
We are here to put pressure on a predatory, subjugative system, and we are willing to hit you where it hurts, your fucking pocket. How do you do that? I'm taking yeah. your goods and I'm causing property damage. There is right. a gulf. There's a gulf of fucking difference between that and storming. And I, I'll say storming. Some it people is. are like, don't glorify it by calling it storming. Storming the Capitol building because of conspiratorial theories and your guy didn't get reelected. It wasn't even fucking mm -hmm. close. There's a gulf of fucking difference. And and how much damage occurred in such a short period of time, too. But I, I had to say one thing. It's awfully sketchy, too. It's awfully sketchy how do you do you remember the video seeing video footage of where uh, uh, the police basically moved the barricade out of the way and people walked right up that motherfucker like people was on their way up through there and law enforcement moved one of the barricades out of the way. Have y'all seen that video? Yep. yep. There's, there's some awfully sketchy elements of it too. Like I, I have a hard time believing, you know, I, again, this is just me being skeptical about some shit. I have a hard time believing that, uh, they were so intentionally ill-prepared. I do believe that. And I think that that's part of this, the, the establishment. Because the, at this point, you do have a demagogue versus the establishment, even if that demagogue may in some way still be on the take. I, I wouldn't put it past it to this still be part of the overarching pageantry that's associated with it. But this event almost seems like it was like a, a bunch of motherfuckers sat around and were like, okay, this isn't going to go smooth. What is the best way that we can make this go that it's not going to erupt into something completely and totally utterly out of control. And this was a very good event as far as garnering favor. When you've got motherfuckers in our Capitol building walking around with rebel flags and shit, this is a great event as far as a uh, the establishment being like, okay, we're going, we're <laughs> we got to get this shit back under control. How are we going to go about doing it? Let's. And, and again, I'm not saying it was fucking staged, but it's awfully fucking suspicious. And I'm not saying I, uh -huh. on on no planet am I saying that it was staged that the people stormed it and did all that wild shit. What I'm saying is that I don't believe the powers that be were ignorant to the fact that that is exactly what was going to transpire. I feel like that they were like, mm, this isn't going to go good. There's going to be violence. There's going to be fucked up shit that transpires. How do we go about controlling this violence? How, how do we go about channeling this in terms that we can twist and utilize to our favor? And then you have the ultimate cocksucker, Mitch McConnell, flipping in the 11th hour. He's, it's self-preservation, man. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. So, I was not replying because my brother would call me. My brother just called me. I just muted. He's like, hey, man, got to do the podcast tonight, man. Make sure you t- tell your boys about the Cronus Complex, man. They got to understand. I'm like, he does not know how well versed you are on that. I, I, I was like, yeah, that's the whole topic, bro. Yeah. But, uh, my brother just called me and I was muted. But I was going to say, yeah, Chris, I agree totally. I think there's two things going on. It, it wasn't necessarily, it's that dog whistle mentality that, I'm not glad this happened, but it vindicates what black guys like me are always saying. I go through this every day in the corporate world, and it may be on autopilot. It may be that it's subconscious enough that they're not um, consciously aware they're doing it. But there's like this dog whistle understanding, you know, like if it's if it's us versus them, well, it's got to be us. It's kind of like that. A lot of those police guys are they they feel the same way as the people that were protesting and storming the Capitol. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, they let stuff happen. You heard how the government called for the National Guard or called for special forces or whatever, how that worked. It kind of got stalled and fumbled and mishandled. And that happens all the time. And that's what people talk about. I hate using these modern terms like privilege and stuff, but that's what people are talking about when you have, and that's what you should expect. It's just like when you come over my house and spend the night with me and my four brothers and we get the bigger piece of the chicken every time. Like it, it really doesn't have to be said. Is my mic sound okay, Kalu? I'm hearing feedback from myself. Yeah, I'm hearing feedback from me. So yeah, I agree with that, man. I think they were partially if not passively indirectly complicit because that that's that's what it's going to look like that's the kind of thing that when we say stay woke i was looking at the origins of that and how it when you mentioned earlier it's got appropriated but we've been saying it since the 40s and 60s or whatever that's what black people mean when they say stay woke don't fool, don't play yourself and fool yourself and thinking because america is is this great experiment that your place in it it wasn't built for you only fighting and blood and 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 violence got us freedoms and liberties and rights and stuff we have now. And you need to be like in the mentality of someone that's behind enemy lines if you want to be awoke, awake about it, or else you're going to get your heart broke when, when you're going through the corporate world or you're going through some other protraction or abstraction of Western civilization that wasn't made for you, but you don't get a fair shake. Don't be surprised. Like, don't yeah. be surprised that those people got off so easy. It's their, it's their world. It's they're mad at their own people for not doing what they need to to con- preserve their idea of how America should be. And that that ain't got. It's got something to do with us, but at the same time, it ain't got nothing to do with us. But don't be surprised about that. You might be appalled, but you shouldn't be surprised that yet another white guy or group of white people got away with something. You know how much how many people went um without answering for. For getting people killed back in the day, you know, women oh, tons. lying and saying some man touched her on the butter. So, you know, that whole scenario, that stuff's been going on forever. I have yeah. it like going on right now at my job. I can give you examples of scenarios that were outside the context of what's recently going on in America would sound crazy. Yep. I can give yep. you scenarios where, where, where they, I don't even want to get into it, but it's the typical stuff that, that black males in particular go through. And that's why I'm glad that you're broaching that, Chris, because I know what that is. I know what that subtle, that dog whistle, that kind of something ain't right here is. It's the same thing I go through when I'm like, why do I have to answer to this guy that I'm better than? Because at the end of the day, they want the closest to the top, closest to the seat of power. Got to be a white guy. We can't let this black guy get up here and be the 
the lead of all, you know what I mean? All IT or something like that. Yeah. And why would, why would they? You conquered yeah. the land. You built the company. Of I don't. I'm not expecting anything different. But I'm also not gonna gaslight myself. I'm not gonna drive myself crazy by pretending and playing into the delusion that I have to be. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Do you? I want to ask this question to you guys. Do you think that that Trump did what he set out to do? Um. No. No, I don't. I think Trump is the like, is like, a, I just, I remember those old movies like Big and not Big, but A Toy or whatever with Richard Price. I just think of a spoiled little white boy. That's exactly what I think of when I think of, of Trump and living in a, in a, in a environment. Dog, have you ever been to the birthday party of a badass kid? Have you ever went across Yeah, town? they're nuts, dude. <laughs> like, like, and the whole thing is like you live. And you everyone has it. to watch them. Like, it's yes, so exactly. Weird. Like you're in the thing with a psycho. And I'm like, all the black kids are like, damn, we don't get to go to birthday parties that much at Bent Tree, but he needs an ass whooping. One good ass whooping. <laughs> and this will be a good birthday party. I've seen plenty of birthday parties where my little cousin got tore up in front of everybody and sat down right there. You bet not get up while everyone else celebrates your birthday because you got too nasty. You got a little too, because like, I don't know how y'all do it when y'all feel, but when we have birthdays, you get everything you want. You get the cuss, you get to wear your older siblings clothes, like you get the day of your birthday, you get to be nasty. But if you get real honoring, you know what I mean? If you go too far and do something, like you lose the whole privilege of the birthday and you got to wait till next year. That's how I grew up. I've seen it happen where someone gets a little too far, push somebody in a swimming pool or something like, you know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. Get their ass tore up. And then and we all laughing. Well, we still going to eat the cake. I've seen that happen where the person whose birthday was, they didn't get none of their own cake. Like, yeah. Well, you said, I, I went to birthday party. I didn't get party. to celebrate birthdays. Oh, God. This is Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, celebrate. I ain't celebrating <laughs> no birthdays. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know y'all didn't do birthdays. Hell no, no Christmas, yeah. no birthdays, nothing. But it's helped me. I, I think it's helped me be a, a, a more selfless human being. Big. We did, Here. we did birthdays big, man. But like, my whole point was, when I think of Trump, no, I don't think he he accomplished his goals any more than a than an eleven year old spoiled little, let's say nine year old spoiled little rich kid accomplished his goals on his, the day of his birthday. He's not mature enough, did not go through enough, therefore doesn't have the right character to know that the best birthday is when you act like a mirror. Let everybody have a great day because it's your day. Take all the stuff that you're getting, reflect it out and make yeah. goodness and happiness for everybody else. Hey, yo, I was raised I was raised privileged. I never had struggle or nothing like that. Let's go to Appalachia and let's just crush the opioid crisis because it, what's it going to take for me? I ain't never been through nothing. It ain't going to bother me. But, yo, let's build some motels out here or something. People can tour these beautiful mountains and stuff. Do something to bring in a little bit of money to y'all people. And y'all can own it. And let's get to the bottom of these these pain meds and stuff like that. And I'll show you how to get these um, these uh, medical, what's big pharma, to to tax them, to put into the infrastructure in the Appalachia because y'all y'all dying over here in in, um, in Eastern Kentucky and Western Virginia behind these opioids. Like he could have done that with no sweat off his back. Yeah, he could have fixed and, the roads and he could have fixed the water in Flint. Yeah. That's some of the shit that he was talking about. That was like, oh, okay, he's talking about Flint being terrible, talking about the road infrastructure being bad, like opioid, all that kind of shit. And it's like, what did you do? You know, because and I sit there and think. 
And he, well, he did get stuff done like economically and all this stuff. But then again, any other dude, dude like us, in dude, a I'm sense, any in any a sense. other Republican president could have done this stuff. There's nothing special to him. It's it's the it's the other stuff that he said. It's you know when you talk about like when he remember when he talked about draining the swamp when he talked about getting all those motherfuckers out of there. Yeah, and that sounded good. Dude, I that that swamp, swamp got stronger than it ever could be right you know what i'm saying it got stronger because it turned on him and it ate him alive dude let, let his me, own vp turned his back on him let me just say though like I, before we get too far away from it i feel like mark just outlined one of them uh, outlined one of the most beautifully articulated and cogent analogies that we've ever had on the show by comparing his uh, trump's uh term in office to uh, a spoiled asshole kid at Gaddyland on a birthday that is wilding out. That is one of the most beautiful fucking analogies. Instead of being the kid that's like, yo, this is my day. I'm so glad you all are here to enjoy it with me. Let's all party. I'm just here to have my friends. Like, yeah, like have some of my cake. Play with my new trucks that I got. This kind of shit. It was yes. the asshole kid that was just completely out of pocket. Like, even though I grew up Jehovah Witness, I'm not completely unfamiliar with the concept, you know? But mm-hmm. that was one of the most beautiful analogies that we've ever had on this program, I feel it's like. True. It's really true. I mean, he did come off that way. And and I do want to, like, I, I wish people can see that it's something like that. Because if it wasn't him, dude... If it was not this guy that was that was president, people, a lot of his supporters, a lot of his base would whoop the shit out of someone else acting the way that he did. Do you know what I'm saying? If that if that very same dude came into their communities and acted like that, they get their ass whooped. Yeah. They like, would. And it Good just point. so happened that that person was president. That just so happened that this person, he speaks like I do. He speaks. If he spoke like he really did. He wouldn't give he wouldn't say a damn. He would not talk to you broke people, man. You're too fucking broke to be breathing his air. You and know that's what I'm the saying? funny thing, too, that I'll, I'll bring back another racial experience analogy to, to make that point. I say this to my friends all the time. When you grow up black, you have to become nuanced and you have to speak coded language. You have to um, wear multiple faces because 1, your opportunities, your opportunities yeah. are based on it. So I got a boss that's a, a preppy Texas dude, and I can tell that he thinks I'm an uppity, loud mouth, speak out of turn nigga. No problem. I've dealt with hundreds of him. He's never seen anyone like me. Yeah, I've dealt with hundreds of him. He's never encountered a person like me. So what happens is you you read you get to where you can read people really well. And I find it very surprising that the people that follow Trump foolishly, they clearly ha- again live in that. I don't like saying privilege because it makes it sound like you're guilting them from having. I want to make it clear that every one of us is a victim in this. Both mm-hmm. sides. We're a victim of really bad politics, really bad economic policies and a country that needs to grow up a little bit. But they I can tell that they've never, ever dealt with shysty swindling. I see straight through Donald. Like I see what kind of person he is. I don't see how people don't see them or is their desire to win the identity politics thing and feel better by themselves that much stronger. Because like I always wonder for the people I feel like that about, I've said this before on the podcast, like, cause I feel like that about Dr. Umar Johnson. Am I as foolish about Dr. Umar Johnson and his rhetoric as people in Western and Eastern Kentucky are about Donald Trump. He does nothing for you. 
even what he's saying, it does nothing for you except for like kind of a wink and a nod and a dog whistle to, uh, I don't know, white privilege or conservatism. You know what I mean? Because I don't even see Donald as a legit for real racist. He's not even intelligent enough to be. He's just he's pro selfishness pro white white is right have my way and so people can kind of align themselves with that you know what i mean i see mm. far more dangerous people out there talking that shit far more than donald trump so i wonder like is this the same thing because people will be like well he's one of those um one of those whole tip you know hustlers or whatever i'm like i don't see why i'm switching i'm talking about a do- uh, uh, dr umar now and i'm like why do i feel so like pumped up and excited and, like Fierce about defending and promoting Dr. Umar Johnson's um, uh, uh, ambitious. Is that the same way people feel about Trump? Likely. I don't care. That, I don't care that he had sex with a stripper. He's a single male. He can have sex with whoever he wants. And some girl tried to trick him a few years ago and try to do the little quick route to fame thing and embarrass him. He was like, no, we had relations. We met a couple of times. I didn't know who she was. Later, turns out she was a stripper. No big deal. Like, but I was, I was always trying to fascinating how, um, Black people will like listen to TD Jakes, listen to Creflo Jaller, listen to all these bozos that do nothing for them except for give them hope and prosperity every Sunday and take millions of dollars. And Dr. Umar Johnson is saying, let's start a school for young black males. Mm-hmm. Donate money. Just let, let's let's not ask anybody for anything. Let's start a school so that we can make sure we can protect the mentality, psychology, the spirituality of these young men and produce the young black males we want, and not ones that get shot in their teenagers with their pants sagging. You know what I mean? Yeah. We go, we all, let's just make our own thing. What's wrong with that? Jewish people do it. Chinese people do it. Everyone else does it. Why can't black people have something asking nothing of no one else that focuses on repairing the cultural and psychological problems we feel that we have? The the, the single mother homes and all that stuff. That's what Dr. Umar Johnson's thing is. And because in doing that, he doesn't, he doesn't spend energy on any other little um, distracted, um, um, woke, modern issues like LGBT and all that stuff. People just go all crazy on them, but he's just saying, I don't have nothing against anybody. I'm just focusing on this one particular problem. Young black males. We're not, we're, we're not turning out the way we want to. So anyway, I'm saying all that to say, I wonder, I forget what your original question was, Kalu, I'm sorry, but I wonder if like, that's what it is. Like maybe that's how Trump people feel. Maybe when you got someone to identify with, it's that, it's just that powerful and that uh, visceral, you know, it, it, it just, maybe, it doesn't make sense why it's him that identify, right. like, that they identify. Like he is not, I there's so many, I just tell these people like, you don't, you don't make enough money to vote the yeah. way that you're voting right now. Like yeah. I like straight up, dude, I should be voting for him. Word. Mark, you should be voting. It's like, I know that's, that's the shit that doesn't make any sense to me. Like it, it, it doesn't, it does not compute. I see these people <laughs> in these <laughs> up vehicles and they, they're tattered clothes and they will defend this dude. Unlike anyone I've ever seen. And there's some and there's these stupid ass liberals up here that they're like, hey, I just want to make sure that you have insurance. You know, like when you get sick, like I want to make sure that you're okay. Yes, it's going to cost a fuckload of money. But motherfucker, you cannot conceptualize one trillion dollars. Don't sit there and act like you're that you're 
And I can't even conceptualize one trillion dollars. Like this is monopoly money that these people are. They're talking seven hundred billion. What is at what point? What is seven hundred billion dollars to one trillion dollars? It's the same thing for people that don't make a billion that aren't worth a billion dollars. Right. It's all the same number. So if someone's going to say like, okay, let's just get like, how about let's get this better health insurance. Let's get these other things put in place. Let's increase, let's, let's beat this opioid crisis. Let's fix the depression issues. Let's find yeah. a, a cause for, for, for COVID or uh, find a cure for COVID cure for cancer, all this shit and spare no expense. Or Hey, and get real serious and say this. Cause no one who's not educated will even, even stand a chance to address this. Let's address immigration. You want less Mexicans to yeah. come here? Let's walk it back. Make their country why. better. Yes. Why are they <laughs> coming the, here? Yeah. yeah let's yeah. bring our manufacturing yeah. there so it's closer to home and we can have the highest, most educated, most skilled of us go there to run the factories. And then the people there that are trying to get out of a third world situation could be working in the factories, but it's better than having them way overseas in China, isn't it? So now we got manufacturing closer to home. Let's make the I- iPhone right there at, at the bottom of Texas. Yeah. And they're, they're, it, go ahead. It, it, to, to me, I can't help but see um, this notion of, okay, the, the broader spectrum of individuals, regardless of color, um, you know, station in life, whatever, for the most part, participate in this, in the social system in a meaningful way. They're tapped in and are largely dependent upon it. They consume, consume, consume. They have no skills aside from whatever their specialization is that puts food on their fucking table. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But then you look at communities that very, very, very much have the potential to work together and have proven that they have the potential to work together and work autonomously and, and maintain some modicum of self-sufficiency. And in those communities, it seems like they're, that's where you find things like yeah. drug use, like, like with the crack ep- ep- epidemic. Like whenever you had, uh, was it early 80s, whenever that shit started popping off, there are parallels with the black community and Appalachia when it comes to the opioid crisis. These people in Appalachia left to their own devices have un, have way more in ter- terms of natural resources and access to land that's viable for them to live happy existences, relatively carefree existences, but that doesn't serve the larger social system. So what do you do? How does a capitalist system benefit off of these individuals? Will you benefit off of those individuals through incarcerations, through uh, yep. processing them through treatment programs, through getting yep. them on Suboxone, things like that, perpetuating their, perpetually hamstringing them such that they aren't able to foster this self-sufficiency. And, I, and, and I'll wrap up my end real quick, man, because I know my, my shit always comes back to that. Anytime we go down a rabbit hole and we discuss mm-hmm. the larger social system and what's mm-hmm. going on in the fucking United States, I feel like the social system is actively trying to make us as helpless as possible so that we are reliant upon it. And mm-hmm. anything that puts that in jeopardy, a move back towards mechanical solidarity or right. like like 
people coming from Latin America. These are skilled individuals that know how to survive. And mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm being real like motherfuckers that'll come here and work their asses off and live 16 deep in a house until they yeah. get on their feet. They Those, win capitalism. They win. They beat the fucking game. They beat it. But, they beat but the system, yeah. But the system can't allow that to happen. Just yep. like they can't they can't allow people in Appalachia to live off the land and invest adequately in them without hamstringing them. And there's a lot of brain drain that comes from Appalachia as well as a result of that shit. When you have these communities that are ravaged by the opioid epidemic and there's no opportunities, and then somebody that's that's exceptional comes out of that community, you got to go somewhere else to go to school. And then you don't want to return to that place because it's so fucking difficult. There are a few people that are fighting these battles in like West Virginia and Eastern Kentucky and Virginia and shit like that. But these are, and, and I have to, I have to, as an Appalachian American, as a Melungeon, I have to draw these stark distinctions between Appalachian Americans and a lot of other groups in the United States. We are not the South, even though a lot of Appalachian Americans may very well vote against their self-interest and, mm-hmm. and support Donald Trump. They, I mean, that's just the reality of it. I think a lot of Appalachian Americans have done that kind of shit. But historically, mm-hmm. behavior-wise, these cats haven't needed the larger social system. These cats if anything, have been terribly, terribly distrustful of it and hate this tongue-in-cheek implicit agreement by the elites. They fucking hate it. Our existence as Appalachian Americans is lightweight predicated on the notion of like, fuck you, I'm going to do whatever I want to. You're not any better than I am. And and I'm minding my own business type shit. But the, the allure with Trump, the allure with Trump coincides on one level with the fuck your feelings kind of attitude the uh the departure from the formalities that are normally associated with politics in the united states whereby people of my ilk or similar to me have grown up feeling being made to feel lesser than because they have a fifth grade education because they haven't been provided those fucking opportunities. So whenever you have an individual that comes on TV that's speaking at, what is it, Kalua, fourth grade level, third grade level? Fourth grade. Literally speaking at a fourth grade level and saying all this uncouth shit and all this wild shit and, and seeming like he's having the best motherfucking time, you can't help. These folks can't help but identify with that if only just in terms of I just understand that the social system itself is not good for me. And this is so different yeah. or it's, yeah, I, I wonder if he ever so expected those, his base to be uh, to, to the identity of his base to be what it is. You know what I mean? Because we don't quite associate his base or those who follow him with target Hillary Clinton, Democrats, do we? I don't I don't think that the man really puts much thought into it. I think he's such I know a mega, he doesn't. Yeah. I think he's such a megalomaniac that I think Absolutely. he's under yeah. the delusion that he has widespread fucking support. I bet from, you right. yeah, I bet the, right. he, the, he said he said the blacks love me. And I don't think that he was being disingenuous when he said that. 
Yeah, I, I think, think he, he meant. I think he really believes that the blacks love him when he when he said that. I genuinely believe that he believed that shit. But when a white man, especially a billionaire white man, says the blacks love me, chances are the blacks don't love you. You know, like uh, that's yeah, that's a pretty good fucking chance there. But I, I think he's just so deluded and yeah. so far removed. And Kalu and I, we talked about how, um, and I forget which podcast it was, but we talked about in some cases we can't really. If we break it down to the molecule, it's oh, it was in the innocence episode. If you break it down to the molecule, there is a modicum of innocence that's associated with an individual that was born into such utter opulence and lack of normative expectation and handed a baton and expected not only to maintain it, but improve upon it. That person, in a sense, is also a victim of the larger social system sure, in and of itself. A sure. victim. He is a sure. victim. Yeah, too. ultimately, yeah, sure. Just like that spoiled kid. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't that 9, 10, 11-year-old's fault, but he does, especially if he's intelligent like Donald Trump is, not educated, but he's intelligent. He's got a fast, witty brain. He, he, knows how, he learns how to protect that mm-hmm. really well. And everything he does is always a protraction of his... Uh, diligent protection of his status and his privileges and his spoiledness. He learns how to manipulate everything and everything around him. He acts just like a person, you know, would all he all he would have had to do is be sent off to military school for five, six years. He'd be fine. He'd be a whole nother type of millionaire. You know what I mean? But, but he, 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 he ain't been through shit. But he believes his own hype. And that's a it's very much of a, a symptom of it. And I and and we have somehow stumbled upon the notion of uh, what is it called um, that that legal defense whenever somebody is so rich that they don't know any better um, uh, affluenza uh, affluenza affluenza yeah yeah, hey, yeah. Bruh, we have somehow stumbled upon and you know how that was that's kind of an affable term like we looked at affluenza and we were like man fuck that little white kid like he got drunk and. Yeah was driving around and he did that shit. But, but in reality, like when Kalu and I broke down innocence lost to the molecule, that motherfucker is a victim to a larger system that has gotten out of all of our hands. Even the people that stand to benefit from it are Mm -hmm. victims and slaves to that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. They're just holding their station. It's not like they can utilize those billions of dollars there's no way to do anything meaningful with it. It means nothing after a certain point. Nothing. Yep. They're imprisoned by it, if anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, oh, poor them. Like, I mean, they're still problematic. But the system itself, it, it's not, it, we don't have to anthropomorphize it anymore. It's something that has run amok and gotten completely out of control. And, and it's out of, I think, it's even out of the control of these people that we want to demonize as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think we want to motherfuckers want to look at things as there being this like massive cabal that's all mm-hmm. conspiring to keep us. Yeah. On on certain in certain instances, on certain levels. Yeah, there are bids to do that kind of shit. But as a whole, the largest elements of our subjugative social system are way, way out of the control of any one individual or group of individuals everybody's a fucking slave to this shit at this point. I 1000% agree. I 1000% agree. Wait, there's so much, 
there's so much, so many levels to this whole conversation. And I think that we are only scratching the surface. I think the next couple of days uh, leading up to the inauguration, whether or not that shit happens is going to be very telling. I think we're going to have a lot of, I think there's just going to be a lot of stuff that's going to happen. Um, I see that there's going to be a lot of change in the terms of uh, security and, and, and the and the rec- or the understanding of, of speech and free speech and all sorts of other shit. And people are going to be, hopefully, if they're paying attention, they're going to be recognizing or maybe seeing their place in this entire process. You know, they're, they're, a lot of the people that they, you know, their their governors, a lot of their their leaders or state leaders, you're seeing them turning on this other person that they borderline worshipped, you know. And when you're saying that at the end of the day, um, that system is, is still bigger and stronger than this multi-billionaire that thought he can come in there and, you know, and run things. And in one of the funny things that I said, I can't remember who, who I was telling, I was saying like how happy I was to see the system self-correct. And it's and yes, the system's fucked up. It's super corrupt and all this other shit. But to see it, it's like, oh, we finally caught the cancer. You know, they, they saw Trump there and they're like, let's shift him out. You're seeing, you know, like I was saying earlier, Pence is like, uh, you know, that's not what we stand for. You're seeing McConnell flipping at the 11th hour. You're seeing more and more GOP governors and stuff like that and, and, and politicians coming out of the woodwork and saying, like, we don't support what's going on. It was like, abrupt. Dude, it was, it was so abrupt. quick. And that's that's how that's how this is going to be, dude. You're people are going to be surprised how quickly this dude is going to get swept under the rug. And, and like and the only people that are going to like really be talking much about him is going to be. Um, those same people that have all that pride in the rebel flag, you know, those same people, they're going to be thinking about those, the old days may remember when we had those couple of years, where we could drive around with our flags and it, and it made liberals cry. You remember that time where I made people uncomfortable? That's, that's just not going to happen anymore. And here's the other thing. And I said this before years ago, that this is going to be uh, uh, this is going to signal a huge change or a death in the in the GOP, because if Trump tries to run again, he's not going to do it as a as a Republican. That party, they've kicked him out. So if he is to go and run as an independent, that means a Democrat will win again. Do you see what I'm saying? Because it's only going to take votes away. Mm-hmm. That is oh, what yeah. is going to be interesting. I don't think that there's going to be I think that the. The Democrats are going to run the show for for a pretty long time. You know, you're seeing the shit that's going on in Georgia. You're seeing more and more like it's, you know, the the woke movement. There's all sorts of shit that's happening. But like I've also said this, I see the I see in time the Republican Party being just as woke as the others, but still having a different set of rules and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're going to adopt some of those things because they're going to need to stay relevant. Well, but I don't, one thing I don't fathom happening, I can't fathom happening is um, the system, which, again, we I don't draw much of a dichotomy between um, the liberals like our conventional like Nancy Pelosi and those type of motherfuckers and Mitch McConnell. I really don't. I, you know, they're they're. Fuck the, fuck the poor. 
they're working for the same squad at the end of the day. And that's readily apparent with how abruptly they were like, okay, the system, like you said, corrected itself. And we watched it happen in real time. And we've never seen it happen. We've never seen the system go to like, okay, damage control, shut it down. Let's get it going. So what you said, it makes enormous sense, Kalu, that Trump is hugely dangerous to the GOP way more than the Democrats at this fucking point. Um, you know, yeah, but I, I can't fathom the system at large allowing Trump to do that. I, I, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I, I feel like that the status quo, which includes both the, the Democrats and the Republicans would pursue legal action, something to hamstring and prevent Trump from running from up for office ever again, which they're entertaining right now with they're trying to move forward with impeachment proceedings. And there's uh, the District of Columbia's uh, a, a attorney has come out and said that, you know, they're going to be looking into a, a litigation against anybody that's involved uh, all the way up to incitation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got pending lawsuits in New York, you know, and a sitting president can't be prosecuted federally, but you know, state level is something fucking different. And these lawsuits, all these legal pending legal matters are still going to be there. Even if he doesn't get impeached when he leaves office, they're still going to be there. So yeah. my point being, I cannot fathom them leaving up the the chance of Trump to split the rights vote in half. I think that they would pursue some kind of action to fucking clip his wings on that before that they would let that happen. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if that happens. I mean, he, he'll just I can I, again, I just see him going as like some kind of an independent and like he'll have to, you know, do this on on his own. And he would. I think that if he if it goes that way, he will shatter records with fundraising in the same way that Bernie Sanders did, where it's a lot of just grassroots type of people giving their last bit of money just so they can feel relevant again. Bro, yeah. bro, we, I hope he does. I don't know what he I think. I, I don't know. I don't think he has the stamina, but I hope he does. I hope he stays relevant. Bro, yeah. I, honestly, like I, I see the current impeachment proceedings as being far more viable, even though the window is really, really small. I see sure. it far, far more viable than um, than they were previously. The other impeachment proceedings, I was like, man, y'all are just this is just a, a dry hand job right here. This ain't going to go m- motherfucking nowhere. But this shit mm-hmm. right here. It's got yeah. it's got some fucking fangs to it. And if he were to get impeached and, and, and all this stuff is so uh, unprecedented, think about the notion of the impeachment of Trump. And then you have historically like uh, President Pence being uh, in office for two days and being the shortest uh, sitting president in U.S. history. Like, I think that makes it, in my opinion, the way the system runs and I could be wrong completely. I mean, just out of left field with this shit. It makes more sense to me that the status quo would clip his wings because if he gets successfully fucking removed from office, that prevents him from being able to run for uh, for office again. 
Oh, be, I see. He, he won't get a, he won't get his pension. He won't get yeah. the the five million a year security detail. Like mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is. Actually, it's it's five million in travel and then ongoing Secret Service security for detail. life. Yeah, yeah, for life. I I honestly. Whoa. Yeah, I honestly feel like there's more virility associated with the current talk of removing him from office, especially with Pence flipping, McConnell flipping. So they have to have to do it like really fast then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, They would have to expedite the shit out of it. But I would not be shocked if we ended up with because we've seen so much unprecedented shit. I wouldn't be surprised in order to prevent the, the Republican vote from being split in 2024 to keep keep that motherfucker from ever being able to run from office again, remove him from office. And then we've got this, this wild thing, another wild thing to add to the list of 2021 starting off buck wild where president Pence was in office for two days and it's going to be memes and all kinds of shit. It just, it it does. It doesn't seem that outlandish to me. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well guys, we're, we're at an hour and 43 minutes. Um, I knew that this was going to be a lot of content, but I know that there's going to be even more stuff that's going to go down. Um, do we want to wrap up with any sort of closing statements, anything like that before we go? It, it's a cult. It's a fucking you're in a fucking cult and you're weak. If you follow one, if you follow one human being to the to the point of fanaticism, it doesn't matter what the context is. If you follow one human being, especially in a large group, to the point of fanaticism, and you can you you can interject whatever other word you want other than fanaticism, but that encapsulates it. You're in a fucking cult. It doesn't matter. I would consider, you know, if they were if they were a little bit more like out in the open about the shit. I would say that the people that are like vote blue, no matter who uh, establishment Democrat supporters are culty too. you know, mm-hmm. I think I think that those are uh, who is it that uh, who is it that has the quote that uh, what the liberal wants is to enact change that in no way endangers his position. I've um, never heard that before. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a quote. Um, I can't I fucking for the life of me can't remember who said it. But yeah, I, I'll go ahead and say like we we have to be fair. This isn't on no fucking planet is this a witch hunt against Trump. This isn't even fucking personal against Trump. This is us trying to make sense of, of fucking a larger picture, social flow, reality. And motherfucker, if you get behind one individual and you just listening to that one cat. It should work the other way. You should be one individual that's borrowing information from a litany of different sources instead mm-hmm. of having it funneled and, and spoon fed mm-hmm. directly to you from one oversimplified fucking source. So stop being culty. It doesn't matter if you're a fucking Trump supporter or if you're some traditional neoliberal motherfucker. Stop it. Just stop. Stop being a bitch. Think for yourself. Do research. And and I tell you what, it it was a Voltaire quote. Um, certainty is is um, uncomfortable, um, but or uncertainty is uncomfortable, but certainty is absurd. So 
people walking around with this imbued sense of of duty to go and enact change behind some type of individual and they have certainty. Bruh, you're already fucking up, man. You are already fucking up. And there somebody could take that and twist it and be like, well, what about what happened with the Black Lives Matter movement? Bruh, that was that is that's a social movement that I'm a part of. Everybody on this podcast is a part 100%. of in a fucking sense, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it's not it's not allegiance to anything. I don't have an allegiance to Black Lives Matter. I don't have an allegiance to Antifa. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it's just what mo- motherfucking makes sense. But, yeah, that's all I got. Mark, do you have anything? No. OK. Yeah. I, you know, I, I want to. Um, echo what you were saying, Chris, in that to to go, it's fine to to have your political beliefs, but it is some one thousand percent ho shit to worship someone just be to, to this level. Like this is I I have never I know that people wouldn't get that up in arms about their their God, about Jesus, about whoever that they worship. I know that they wouldn't get this hype about it. Like, but they're going to get this hype about this billionaire that like, really, he doesn't care about any of those people. And you saw the stuff that he was saying, like he talked to them. Like if you, if you heard his, uh, his, uh, they were like, okay, the president's going to say something to you. You're on. special. Just, You're special. Like, come, we, we love that's you. someone that doesn't know he he doesn't even know how to talk to you. And, and these people are just lapping it up like, yeah, I am special. Like, I thought, you know, these people are going out here and dying for the shit like that bitch that got killed, like that got shot. How, how about that for you got to storm the Capitol and, and meet Ronald Reagan for the first time, you know, in the same fucking day. That's trickle down. That's trickle down L's, man. That's what that's, that's trickle down L's for everybody. You know, I feel, got to meet Ronald Reagan. I, I feel. Inhale. In in, I don't give a fuck where. You got to meet Ronald Reagan. It trickled Reagan. down to hell. Yeah. You wow. know, the, the one dude that had the, the taser in his, his, his pocket Tased his goddamn balls so many times that he had a massive heart attack and died. Like, this is how foolish these people are. Like, that you're going to get, and, and all those people are the same Blue Lives Matter crew that are out there attacking police officers. Like, do, does anyone just stop to think for a second and, about and think, what exactly and, is happening? And think about how much shit they give the, uh, the, NFAC, whenever that young man was standing um, with his legs locked out and passed yep. out in the heat, which yep. isn't an uncommon phenomenon, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. accidentally shot one of the other dudes, that's, yeah. mu- that's much less like silly and precarious than all of these fucking, like, again, the dude tasing his fucking balls off yeah. to the point where he has a heart attack. Yeah. Come on, man. man. Yeah. I didn't know dude. that either of those two things happened. Yeah, dude. Straight up That's happened. Crazy. Like, dude, it is it is 
so goofballs. It is so you you people. I don't know if any of them are are listening. That but dead serious. I say from the bottom of my heart, every single one of you should have died. Every single <laughs> one of you should have died. Like this is this is like it's funny, dude. Like, how do you even go back home and live life normally? Like I would have rather gotten shot out there. At least I would have felt like, at least felt like, like a fucking martyr to the rest of my idiot friends. At least you I would have picking up that one dude. Yeah. Man. And then his grandmother came out. I was like, yep. damn, thanks. Yeah. Trump. He was a, a, he's a fucking po- politician. Yeah. yeah. The dude who got picked up at his grandma's was a politician. Yeah, he's a lawmaker. Damn. Yeah, I would have I would have rather have gotten killed out there than yes. to live with that kind of shame all day. But you yes. know what? What wouldn't no brown people do that shit because they would they would have been fucked up all yeah, Oh my god, dude. Yeah, we would have got sniped after we oh, got dude. off the airplane. Immediately. Yeah. We yeah, wouldn't even have got that? off the yeah. tarmac. We yeah. could have showed <laughs> And they was motherfuckers <laughs> with zip ties and pistols and all yeah. ca- and fucking hitting people with fire extinguishers. Yeah. We could have uh, showed up, locked arms, peacefully marched up, yeah. and then motherfucking literally at least, singing, singing church songs, locked yes, arms, and, singing, singing "Amazing Grace," and they would have yeah. got fucking wrecked. And yeah. not even, not even storm the Capitol, just be a little no. too close, and and police would have been Mason and and rubber bulleting and like and having Tucker dogs. Carlson said as much. Did you hear what Tucker Carlson said? No, what did he say? He was like, if this would have been Black Lives Matter, it wasn't Tucker Carlson. It was my man from Morning Joe. My bad. Uh-huh. It was Joe. I was Scar- like, damn, Scar- Tucker. Scar- like, Tucker yeah, said yeah. this. T- Tucker. Tucker, no, nah, Tucker did something. Tucker's dating a black Tucker chick some, now, ain't he? Tucker, Tucker <laughs> yeah. did some other whole shit. Now, nah, it was Joe Scarborough, I think, that said it. It might have been Tucker. I can't remember because I wouldn't watch it on either one. Both of them said something interesting. I know Tucker said something where he described described the, the girl that got shot like she wasn't doing what she was doing. I was like, oh, that's kind of whole shit. But I think it was Joe Scarborough that said that he was, like, really pissed off. He was like, man... <laughs> If this was this was if this was Black Lives Matter, every one of them would have got killed or something to that. Effect. Oh, thousand percent. We have to be smart enough to recognize that that shit does exist. That shit does happen. And I think that the reason there there has to be some, in my opinion, like biological reason for why black people are just like, I'm not going to go to that level. Do you know what I, I'm I, saying? I, I tell you the biological reason. It's the inverse of the Connors complex. It doesn't get described because no anthropologist has ever addressed it. But uh, Shake to Diop, Chancellor Williams, a lot of those guys have already already explained that out. We've been on the planet long enough that if we were ever that violent, we've gotten past it. We've evolved yeah. past it. We've been past our feudal age or whatever. You got to remind remember what you said. The white people that that made this part of the world, made this country. They're young. They haven't been on the planet very it's, long. It's very all. young. Not, not even 2000 years, you know what I mean? So that maybe it takes a lot of evolution, you know, yeah. you can go back and look at old history of China. And, you know, we always forget about that. But when we watch animes and stuff and we we look at that, that uh, mythologized sort of romantic, romanticized period called the Meiji area, the Meiji yeah. dynasty. That's what that's about. It's about the Western world changing the old world of samurais and swords and ninjas and stuff. And motherfuckers showing up from from uh, the Dutch lands with single action army coat revolvers, you know, yeah, and how yeah. the breaking of the spell of the magic of that life. But that was just one phase and people were far, far, far into civilization at mm-hmm. the time. And there was this abrupt change when, you know, white, white, the Western world got a hold of gunpowder and decided, Hey man, we can make some really good weapons out of this, you know? And so, um, 
anyway, that's why. That's what I think. I think we've been on the planet long enough. I think the lack of Neanderthal DNA is the other factor. I yeah, don't I don't think it's in us. Impulse. Well, yeah. most of us, it's not. Yeah, most of us, it's not. If you're, you know, if you're from Africa proper, you don't have it. But um, if you're way, way north, you might have a little bit like 1%. But, you know, most of us don't have it at all. They're from the continent. I think that matters, dude. I think it matters. Yeah, there, there's a there's obviously you, if you guys have been listening, there's multiple levels to this. And, you know, we'll, we'll I think that we started at one of the, the deepest levels that I know that people didn't expect us to go to. Or if you've been if you listen to our stuff, you probably figure that we would go to this level. But uh I think that as as the days and weeks move forward, there's going to be a lot of stuff for us to talk about. And uh, I hope that you guys continue to tune in. I want to thank you guys for your time. Thank you guys for your attention. Um, this is, is I think this is our first episode of the year. No, no, it's not. It's not the first of the year. But um, oh, lying ass Kalou. I know. <laughs> Ain't I been know, on dude. the planet long enough to quit motherfucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> not bald enough yet i'm just trying to get there but i got these long ass arms and shit like ain't that been, all the ain't, ain't been on the planet long enough to turn down that music <laughs> i think that i i, I would do it Ain't been on the planet long enough to stop putting on so much damn cocoa butter. What the fuck is cocoa pull your, butter? Pull your goddamn pants up. Ain't been on the planet long enough to put with all that grease. Yeah. You see those oh, cop shit. tarts that we put up? You see the cop tarts? <laughs> Mark, I'll send, I'll send that meme to you, dude. It was it had me in station. Oh, yeah. Lord. These oh, turkeys, man, they ain't been on the planet long. They they talk about being here for so long. Well, what what the hell is like? like they're always in Safeway talking loud. I don't yeah. know what cigarillos. Come on now, come on now. 40s. Y'all still eating watermelon? What the fuck? <laughs> Kaluga's so mad when I eat watermelon. I don't understand it. Just, I hate it, dude. I, I make me so mad. <laughs> like watermelon, but, you know. oh. damn all right, guys. Thank you all for for jumping on. We're, we're, do we have uh, do we have some shameless shouts before we jump? Nah, on? I don't have the energy for it right now. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing those at the beginning it's, of episodes. Hey, it's it's my it's my little businesses anyway, so it's like fuck <laughs> it, I ain't gonna. Y'all already know what the deal is. If you want if you want info, hit the inbox. If you don't, then that's fine. We still making money. That's what I'm talking about, guys. Be safe. Take care of yourselves and each other. And we are out. Peace. <laughs>